And welcome back to another edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Thanks so much for tuning in. Joining me once again this week. Have a great podcast for you once again. And uh, let's talk a little bit about it. This intro, by the way, is going to be a little bit shorter than normal. I have a cough. I have this head and chest cold that I've been kind of fighting here for the past, I don't know, week or so. Really settling in this week, making it uh, difficult to talk for very long without uh, having these coughing spells. So anyway, um, let me tell you what we have coming up. This week's player interview, senior wide receiver, Keegan Sturdy, son, of course, of offensive coordinator Todd Sturdy. One of probably the most fascinating conversations I've had. It was really interesting, a really interesting interview, but also that we chatted afterward. Uh, Super intelligent guy, very well-read, philosophical fella too. And so... um, you got him on this week, Jason Jorgensen, voice of the University of Nebraska Carney Lopers, helping preview the Bearcats and Lopers this weekend. John Coffey, voice of the Bearcats on the Bearcat Radio Network. Big shout out to them, and I'll get to that here more in just a moment. Um, and I uh, would encourage you to download the public media app, and and uh, you can listen to the Bearcats anywhere. So uh, definitely uh, encourage you to do that. They're very dependable. But we talk about the Bearcats' 52-0 victory over Northeastern State down in Tahlequah in preview this weekend's Senior Day matchup, the final game of the season, and of course, the Bearcats, according to Eli. So, uh, in lieu of kind of going over the game a whole lot, I am going to go (laughs) on a bit of a rant. Um, If you follow my personal Twitter account, Um, I was very unhappy with the MIAA network. This has been something I've been fighting all season. In fact, you pay $140 um, for a season pass. And there are three games that I was not able to attend in person this season. The first of which was Fort Hayes State. I basically missed the entire first quarter of that game. Wasn't even able to to rewatch the game uh, after the fact. The Washburn game which I watched that on the day after it happened, still had horrible time, probably an hour to get it set up and working. And then the game, of course, internet issues in Tahlequah. Okay, maybe you'd normally give Huddle, who was running it, a bit of a pass on that. Here's the thing, is, you know, when I first heard, okay, they're switching to Huddle for the MIAA network this year, great. Like Huddle, very reputable company. Um, you know, a, a name you've heard of, right? Name I've heard of and had really high hopes. I will say, and, and listen, you can, there are complaints to be made, right? About the quality and everything else. Here's the thing. And, and some people say, well, you can't complain because, because the, you know, people doing it are volunteers. I understand that, but Huddle has no problem taking your, my $140 or your $20 a month or whatever it is, right, that you, that you pay or maybe the pay the individual game um, or $20 for the game, whatever it is. And they don't have any problem taking that. And then if there's any issues, they immediately pass that on to the institution, the school. You know, the they're making money. Obviously, the MIAA is getting some of that money. And, and the issue I have is that Northwest gets a pretty big piece of that pie. I would imagine if I had to guess, and I don't have any hard numbers to back this up, probably the two schools that benefit most from the MIAA network is Pitt State and Northwest. And if I had to guess, I would say Northwest probably has more subscriptions, but maybe not. I think you have equally passionate fan bases um, 
you know, Pitt has been back the last couple of years. Definitely in the past, I would say Northwest probably head and shoulders above everyone else. And it, uh, none of that money, you know, is shared with the volunteers that run the cameras. The, you get exposure on the home radio broadcast group, but those guys, they don't throw them 50 bucks, whatever their way, right, to use audio. Um, although it, it's promotion, so I guess that's okay. But it's uh, very low class compared to some other broadcasts. And listen, you know, if, if the fee was less, then fine. You know, I, I get that. But, you know, you have schools like a Washita Baptist, which has their sports network. And, uh, you know, which, are, hey, the Battle of the Ravine is on Saturday. Great matchup between them and Henderson State. That's going to affect uh, go Washita. So maybe keep my West out of the playoffs. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but it's very frustrating. And I've, you know, this is the third time I've had to contact them, third time I've needed to watch a game. I've had no problems on the app. On the app on my phone, great. But guess what? When I'm at home and I want to watch the game, I want to put it, go through my computer, put it on the big screen. And that was where all of my issues have, uh, have been. They have been very unhelpful. And um, I, they're not getting my money next year. I may buy an individual game. I may, you know, it depends. I probably won't be able to make all of the games. But as of right now, I am not giving the MIAA network my money. And while the MIAA doesn't directly run this, it's a it's a bad look for them. And it, it's very, very disappointing. And if if they're, you know, they have, again, Huddle has no problem taking money, but they uh, want to take zero responsibility. And that's the thing, I guess, that I have a problem with. And you know what? If you've had a great experience, haven't had any problems, I guess more power to you. That's great. That's awesome. If you're happy with it, fine. But um, I told them after some really lackluster customer service, uh, very poor, and listen, I have a very high expectation of customer service. I've worked in customer service. Um, I've worked in a call center before, and I held myself to a very high standard. And I feel like um, the metrics I was judged on were very good. And so I have high expectations for that. And I do not put up with uh, below average to poor customer service. Um, you know, they couldn't find my account, just all kinds of things. This is me reaching out on Saturday. And I reached, listen, the internet was down at Doc Wadley Stadium. Okay. So I, I get it. But, um, you know, basically I got a, not our problem. I said, well, you know, you didn't have any problem <laughs> taking my money. Um, and that's, that's a big issue that I have. So I just wanted to share my poor experience. I know I don't have a massive platform and I'm not saying, you know, I'm not calling for some boycott or something, but I'm voting with my dollar going forward. And anyway, if you're not happy, let them know. I've given a one-star review and everything I can do. And, uh, it's, it's like yelling against the wind kind of. And so anyway, it, it is what it is. Um, a lot of people get upset when you criticize the MIAA network. Fine. That's okay. But, um, then make it right. That's all I'm asking for. I'm not, a, I wasn't asking for all of my money back. They, they, uh, they sent me a form to fill out for a refund for a one game purchase refund, which I, 
I mean, I bought the whole season pass, so I, I can't do that because I didn't buy the individual. Anyway, it's just a situation. The left hand is not talking to the right hand, and maybe there's some growing pains, but very, very disappointed in it, and it goes back to week two. You know, this isn't some new thing. It's it's a situation that I've personally been fighting all season long, and, you know, I guess if I'd go to the games, I wouldn't have that problem. I also like to sync it up with the MIAA or with the public media app to listen to John and Matt's call. If it's a home game, I'm there. So usually the away games are the only ones I'm, you know, truly concerned about. And it's great to be able to do that. But I tell you what, the Bearcat Radio Network came to the rescue on Saturday. And there's a lot of people, you know, on on social media kind of complaining they weren't able to watch the game. Da- do this, do yourself a favor and download the thing. It's free. It's always there. They didn't have internet, but you know who didn't let that stop them? They had a backup plan in place was uh, the Bearcat Radio Network. And so I, I don't just want to say John and Matt because there's other people behind the scenes that make that happen. Um, and big credit to those guys. It was really enjoyable. You know, Eli had never listened to a game, just sat there and listened to a game on the radio. And that's what we did. Essentially, even though it's, you know, through my phone, technology's changed a bit, obviously. But, uh, you know, it kind of it kind of took me back because usually if I have an opportunity to listen, I'm going to try to watch it um, as well. And so anyway, Bearcat Radio Network to the rescue. And so props to them. Um, 100 percent reliable all the time. And it would definitely encourage you if, if you're going to do the network, pair it with that. If not tune in tune into them i mean you can tune in the between the trenches on thursday nights the the coaches show that john does uh the the coaches show the media luncheon on tuesdays is, is carried live on there and uh anyway they do a lot of great things for the university i, I worked at kxcv during my time at northwest and uh, and loved it and, and it was a great experience for me and so, so shout out to those guys so positive rant or negative rant, we're turning it into something positive here. You know, I tr- I'm always trying to keep things positive. I said I wouldn't go on some rant. I can feel the coughs building. But but let me say this about the game. Let's let's shift gears a little bit before we get into the uh, get into the kind of the meat and potatoes of the podcast here. Great win, fifty-two nothing, Bearcats over Northeastern State. Um, you know, it's a game that's got to happen. You know, it's it, it's it's what you expect. Fine, um, but. I mean, come on, we, we can still be happy. You know, Mikey Hohensey has a, the second most efficient, highest passing efficiency game, second highest in the nation all season. I mean, that's what he's done, right? Like, that's what he's done in his Bearcat career when he's been healthy. And I don't know, I, I would imagine maybe, maybe he is really close to 100%. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, he's leaving a great legacy. He's climbing up on all the charts in the top five. He's in the top 10, top five, you know, of, of a lot of different, um, statistics and things career wise. And, uh, and, and a good, good day for him should definitely be recognized. He's probably in the running for MIAA player of the week. Listen, Braden Gleason put up some insane numbers against Missouri Southern for Emporia state. Um, Zach Zabrowski, I understand he had the touchdowns, but I thought, Gleason, I thought maybe Gleason and Mikey, they could have been co-players of the week. Um, you know, Southern's probably, you know, a better maybe opponent if you want to make that argument over Northeastern State. I don't know how that comes into it. I mean, Hayes is, you know, one of the top defenses in, um, you know, in the MIAA. If they're, they're right up there in the top two or three with Pitt and the Bearcats. But um, anyway, he's my nomination for MIAA Player of the Week, even though he wasn't. So he's the uh, bleeding green 
MIAA Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, so great job, Mikey. Trayvon Alexander, a couple more touchdowns. Um, you know, the it, it's nice to see, you know, having success kind of, hey, we're taking out some frustration, right? I think that's what we like to see on Saturday. A lot of different guys got to play. I think pretty much everybody that traveled got to play. Um, you know, KG has a 100-yard game. How about Peyton Carter? Big shout-out to him. Um, he had the 77-yard touchdown, three catches, 104 yards, his first career a Bearcat touchdown. Awesome for him. Zach Atkins, same, a, a young man, redshirt freshman as a tight end with uh, 70 yards on three catches and a touchdown. John Jagiri had a touchdown as well. Mentioned Trayvon's two, KG's touchdown. Jay Harris goes over 100 yards again, um, 108 yards on uh, on 22 carries. Uh, Tank Young had a great 45-yard run um, early in the game. Um, Dom Myers, Dominic Myers gets his first career touchdown late. Wintrick Williams, Eric Richardson, Jackson Miller. I mean, lots of guys getting playing time um, in the backfield. And uh, that's we're not even talking about the defense yet, right, who shut him out and held him to seven rushing yards, 124 um, total yards for Northeastern. And uh, great stuff. Uh, and, uh, I mean – what are you going to say? You you also hold them to a one of 11 on third down. You're going to win a whole lot of games doing that nine of 14 yourself. And so uh, good, good stuff there for the Bearcats. It was really great to see defensively Clayton power, a guy who's really been shining, making that starting position, his own on the interior um, and kind of, I mean, really been doing well. Plus, like I said, I mean, it's it's the best D-line name out there. Power as a D-lineman, come on. Gets a sack, three tackles for loss. He knocked a pass down. And, uh, you know, Carter Olsen continues to play well, middle linebacker. So many guys getting playing time, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's great. That's what we want to see. And uh, so good stuff. Good stuff all around. And uh, we'll see if the Bearcats can't make a, a, a great senior day performance, send these seniors out. Because, listen, they've had a lot of success. I understand, you know, six and four, and, and we hope with a win, seven and four is, you know, really disappointing. And I'll talk more after the season about, you know, kind of how I see things. Um, although, listen, if you're looking for somebody to be overly critical and overly negative, it just it just isn't going to happen. Um, we're all disappointed, but I mean, that starts with the guys that live this, you know, as fans, we get to leave Saturday. Maybe we're a little grumpy or upset on the way home. Right. And then, okay, maybe we jump on for an hour, uh, each evening when we get home and jump online and, you know, maybe have some comments or read some threads on the d2football.com forum or, uh, you know, or on the Facebook group or whatever, and then we just kind of go on about our lives. I mean, these guys, the coaches and players, live this 24-7. So uh, you don't think they're disappointed with with 7-4? and four? I mean, they've, they've uh, but but they have really been focused these last two weeks and, and would expect that to continue on Sunday and send these seniors out right. We have uh, 15, I believe, seniors that are walking on uh, um, 15 student-athletes that are playing their last game on Saturday. And, uh, and so anyway, you know, come out, 
1.30 kickoff at Bearcat Stadium. It's senior day. They're also doing ag day, so lots of big uh, big equipment. I mean, it's harvest season anyway, so you're going to probably see it on the roads. You get to see it um, as we tailgate. But let's celebrate celebrate this team. I think it's it's worth celebrating. It's something we don't do enough of probably even when we do have good seasons. But, you know, if we don't win a national championship, then there's always disappointment. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be satisfied, right? But I think you can you can still be proud of the young men and, uh, you know, and every, everybody involved. But, hey, you know, the offseason is going to start, start on Sunday. And, uh, you know... Listen, the coaching staff's going to get a head start on recruiting as compared to what they normally do. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about that next week. As far as that goes, next week's podcast, there will 100% be an episode next week, possibly an episode the week after. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, and then there's going to be going to be a holiday break. We'll probably talk some playoffs next week. I'm not sure if I'll do my full season review next week or if I'll save that for the week after. I definitely want to have Coach Wright on. We'll just kind of see, you know, the, the busy with a lot of exit interviews and stuff with the guys leaving and they want to get on the recruiting trail, that sort of thing. So um, anyway, that's uh, just stay tuned and and uh, we'll kind of see how it goes. Another thing I want to do is, is a bit of a Q&A uh, for myself, but of course also for Eli. So if you have questions for either one of us, whether it's, you know, related to the Bearcats or, um, or just have a question for Eli, send that in. I'll try to post something on social media Sunday or Monday. And, uh, that being said, I'm surprised my voice has honestly lasted this long. So let's take a time out player interview with Keegan Sturdy, number 10 wide receiver, senior for the Bearcats. That's next here on bleeding green. Bearcat Nation, this is Jake Soy. Hope you're looking forward to hearing this bleeding green with Matt Daniels. It's going to be a great one. And welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. It's time for this week's player interview. Joined by number 10, senior receiver and son of Bearcat offensive coordinator Todd Sturdy, Keegan Sturdy. And Keegan, man, thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with me this week. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, I mean, let's, let's talk about you. Obviously, you know, it's, it's probably going to be said a lot that it's, you know, your, your uh, coach sturdy son. Um, but uh, tell me a little bit about your family. I know you got a brother and a sister and. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a big, uh, important part is, you know, my dad's a coach and all that, but, uh, yeah, you know, I just, I've grown up around football my whole life. Just love the game, love what it, um, you know, means and our whole family's kind of been around it, you know, so it's, it's a big deal. Um, I have a brother. He, uh, he's not in college right now. He was, he was running track and cross country at Kansas state. Um, and then decided to drop out and pursue some other things. Um, and then I have a little sister. Um, she's 13. And then my mom, Gina, um, you know, my parents are married. They live down in Platte city. So my dad kind of makes a drive every day and, you know, yeah. So that's just kind of how it's been our whole life. You know, we move around and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was born in Ames, Iowa, um, then moved out to Washington, uh, state lived in Cheney, Washington for about six months before my dad took the offensive coordinator job at Washington state. Um, back in, I think it was the PAC 10 actually back then, um, lived there for five years. Um, we were there during that transition to the PAC 12 and then, uh, moved to Ames, Iowa. And he took a 
the receiver coach job at Iowa State and eventually became the offensive coordinator there in the Big 12. So, And then we moved down to Kansas City and kind of rest is history, I guess. Well, and that's where you you went to high school, DeSoto, right? Is that right? Yeah, so I, I moved down to um, DeSoto my senior year of high school. So I was in Iowa, in Ames, went to a school called Gilbert for three years, and then actually moved down to Kansas City my senior year. Okay. Well, what was that transition like then? Cause obviously you, you, uh, you know, you played football, very successful receiver, you ran track in high school that I'm sure, I mean, that's kind of the thing with, with the coach, right? The whole family is, is kind of signed up for it, but, um, I imagine that was, couldn't have been the easiest thing in the world to move as right before your senior year. No. Yeah. That's what everybody always says to me, but you know, I don't know if it's just cause I had moved before, but the transition was relatively simple for me. Um, I think it helps being, you know, belonging to a group, you know, for me, it was football um, and then track. Um, you know, I think kids that are into other things, maybe it's band or whatever that would be. Uh, I think moving can be easier if you belong to a group like that. But yeah, so for me, it was football, um, moved down there, got into their weight program, you know, kind of late. It was right before, you know, that fall camp started or whatever. Um, and yeah, fit right in, had a really good senior season. Uh, I think I was all state, you know, as a receiver, maybe all state as a um, some type of specialist or something. Um, and then I think I was all state in track my senior year as well down there. So I was always pretty good at track around the 800 uh, and the 400. Actually, my race was the 800. But but yeah, kind of weird for a receiver to be like a middle distance guy. But, you know, I just love that kind of stuff. So. Was football always your favorite sport? I mean, you're you're kind of born into it. I mean, obviously you you in, enjoyed and had a lot of success running track, but was football always the favorite? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just love it. I love everything about it. You know, obviously going out running routes in the off season. That you know, I was actually talking to one of the other receivers last night. You know, just about it's senior year. You know, it's almost over, and a lot of guys when they're done, you know, join basketball. You know, teams and play basket pickup games. I just don't enjoy that kind of stuff. I, I like to run routes. That's what I do. That's my thing, you know, but you know, when you're an adult, you don't, when you're not on a football team, you're not just going to go out and run routes. So I'm going to have to find a new sport. I think maybe distance running. We'll see, but yeah, I just love football, um, running routes, catching balls, hanging out with the guys, um, everything about it. I love the X's and O's thinking about strategy, how to beat a defense, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, heck, flag football is going to be an Olympic sport here in a few years. So who knows? Maybe we'll start seeing flag football leagues or something. That's true. Maybe maybe I'll play some flag. I would actually enjoy that a lot, probably. But uh, so when – okay, so let's go back to high school. Obviously, you, you mentioned you were All-State. That's why I had in my notes. You were All-State track and football both. What, what – yep. um, you have any favorite games or memories either at DeSoto or going back to Iowa kind of games that stand out to you? Oh yeah. There's a lot. Um, I would say my senior year, um, it was, you know, maybe the second round of the playoffs. We were playing at home against, um, maybe it was Shawnee Heights, I think out of Topeka and all my teammates from Iowa they had finished their season already and they, a bunch of them came down, maybe five or six of them. And it was actually a great, it was a great, it was great weather for that game too. It was pretty warm. Um, so it was just a perfect night for fans and just to play football. And I had a great game. I think I had, you know, maybe seven catches, 
three touchdowns and 170 yards receiving, something like that. And so I had a great game in the playoffs, which was awesome. And then, but then all my teammates from Iowa and a couple of their parents came down, these kids that I had grew, grown up with. So they got to watch that. and We got to hang out after the game. That was just a great memory, kind of two worlds colliding there a little bit. Right. Well, so, well, so I mean, I know they're younger than you, but Jackson Miller and, and Tyson Pretty on the team now. Oh, yeah. I, I know Tyson might have been too young, but were you and Jackson on at, at on the team at the same time in DeSoto? Yeah. So actually, Jackson and Tyson are in the same class. Oh, they um, are. Okay. And, and yep, yep. And Jackson was actually my quarterback my senior year. He was a sophomore, um, and he beat one of those kids out, one of those guys out. Um, for the starting job as a sophomore, um, and did a great job, you know, um, and Tyson was the other running back. We ran a flex bone system. So I played kind of receiver running back and he did the same thing and we're actually pretty close. And so when he came here, I was excited. Both those guys, we actually had a punter named Dallas Williams, who was here for a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was also in their class. So there's quite a few DeSoto guys around the MIAA actually, they run a good program. Nice. Well, I have some family over there. If, if you ever knew about Steve's Meat Market, that's that's family of mine that run that run the meat market there in DeSoto. My really? uncle was oh, a, yeah. my great uncle was the mayor there a long time ago. He's been passed for several years, but uh, so so I have a little I have a little bit of a connection to DeSoto. So so that's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a great spot. So uh, well, so obviously you know your dad was a coach at Mid American Nazarene. I mean, it, was it a foregone conclusion that that's where you were going to go, or what was the recruiting process for you like, and what what other options did you have besides going uh, NAIA? Yeah, so I talked to, um, I believe I talked to a couple Division two schools um, out of Kansas, but you know, I t- I took a visit here. Um, my senior year. And this is, you know, I loved Maryville. I loved the culture, um, met with coach Wright and he just gave me a great speech about what it means to be a Bearcat and all that. Um, and you know, like a lot of other recruits over years that have come on those visits, you know, I just loved it. Um, but my parents, um, they have me paying for school and, you know, there's a lot of other things that come into that decision of where to go to school. And so, you know, because Mid-America was a private school um, and my dad was an employee there, I got a big um, tuition break, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, financially, it was a better decision for me to go to go there. And my dad had just taken that job, I believe. So he was only there a total of three semesters. Um, and so I, had, I was there with him for one semester and then I transferred here. Um, and I think it was a great decision. I, I love it here. So. It's kind of funny. It, it just it worked out, you know. The place I wanted to come all along, got a job there. There we go. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what is it? I mean, you know, uh, what uh, I guess what are you? What's your major? And then, like, what are your plans? Like, coaching seems to be kind of in your blood. I mean, I saw, you know, I noticed obviously earlier this season when you were out a lot, you seem kind of like another another coach there on the sideline. Is that something that you have a passion for that you maybe like to pursue after uh, after your your playing days are over? Yeah, well, my, my degree, the first part of that question, you know, my degree is I'm, I'm a double major in management and marketing. Um, I graduated in May um, with the management one. I'm going to finish up this marketing one this semester. Um, and, you know, right now I'm thinking about I'd really like to go play in that European league. Um, that's been a goal of mine since, you know, I obviously I know I'm not big enough or fast enough, you know, to play in the NFL. That's never been a dream of mine. Um just realistically, um, which is fine. You know, uh, I just love the sport. So, and I'm also just interested in the world. So I really wanted to go try to play in that European league. 
Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be an opportunity that I can actually um, take advantage of. Um, so that'll be, you know, from about March to September. We'll see if that I can get that um, taken care of. And then after that, you know, I'm thinking about getting a, a job with my degree uh, and maybe working with my brother, um, maybe getting into real estate. We'll see if we can get that taken care of in a couple of years. Um, but yeah, I've, but growing up, you know, I always thought that I wanted to be a coach and, you know, I'm not taking that, um, you know, that option off the table. Um, but I've just been around football for my whole life. So I'd like to just get away from it a little bit, see what else there is out there as options. Um, and then maybe in a year, two years, come back to it as a GA and see what happens after that. Nice. Well, you talk about the European league. I mean, I'm, you know, one of your, your fellow receivers from a couple of years ago, Alec Tatum, of course, and now he's oh, yeah. back as a grad grad assistant. So I'm sure you've been able to kind of pick his brain and stuff on, uh, oh, yeah. on that too. Yeah. Me and Alec are good buddies. We, we talk a lot, um, you know, hang out quite often. So when he came back as a grad assistant, I was really excited because, you know, we've been friends for ever since I came here. So. Awesome. Well, I got a couple of questions before we get to the pick six. Uh, okay. One yeah, no is problem. Number 10. Is there any significance behind your number? Number 10. Um, growing up, my dad coached a quarterback named Jeff tool, um, at Washington state. Um, and he had a great career there and I think he ended up going to play for the bills for a little bit. Um, and I always just really liked him as a player. He was a, you know, as, as a coach's kid, you get to be around the players and he was always a really cool guy. And, um, so yeah, I just had that number stuck in my mind. And then he coached a guy named Marquise Wilson out there at Washington state as well, who ended up going and having a great career. He played, uh, he played for the bears, started for the bears for a couple of years and, uh, had to retire because it had some injuries, but, um, Marquise, when he was with the with the bears, he wore number 10 as well. So for some reason, number 10 was just stuck in my mind. Um, and you know, when it was available, I, I tried to get it and I'm, I'm, I really like that number. So. Nice. Well, well, and then yeah. the other thing is, so what do you like to do away from the field? I mean, so much of, you know, everything about your life kind of revolves around football, but when, when it's time to unwind, what, what things do you like to do away from the field? You know, away from the field, you know, I do probably mostly what everybody else does. You know, I like to hang out with my, my friends, my brother, um, watch movies, you know, hang out, just talk. Um, what's a little different about me is probably, I, I really like to read. I'm a, pretty big reader and for someone my age i would say that's a little bit different um i just really enjoy learning and um you know i guess it's on that self-improvement kind of thing that's going around right now a lot of people got on that after covid probably but i just my whole life i've kind of just been about that i've, I've always really liked history um I, I decided not to do it as my major in school i didn't really want to be a history teacher or anything like that but i really enjoy reading about history and just all the different you know, time periods and figures. Um, and yeah, so I've just been reading, I read a lot of books. So, you know, I think, I think in 2022, I, I got through 36 books. Wow. And all those are uh, nonfiction for the most part. Nice. I, I have a thing where I buy, I'm a history buff or I, I fancy myself one and I end up buying lots of books and then I just have, <laughs> I just have all of these Stacks. books that I haven't yep. read that I've, Correct. I've read some of oh, them, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. I have a rule. I'm not, I'm not allowed to buy any more books before I finish the ones <laughs> on my desk. And, yeah. uh, I went and bought some more. So unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, it, it's good. Then you have a lot of options. You can pick one up and 
it's been sitting there for a year and then you read it and you're like, wow, I, I should have picked that up a year ago. It's really good. So that's happened to me quite a few times, actually. Any like time period? I mean, World War II kind of seems like the the stereotypical thing. That's would probably be my answer. I like reading about Hitler and Stalin personally. But is there a, a particular time in history or a thing you like to like to read about? Yeah, it's it's funny. World War II is one like as a kid, you know, just playing army and doing all that stuff with your friends, like little kids do. That World War II is always the the go to, just because I think it was a cruel period. Very, it's very obvious. It was good versus evil, all mm-hmm. that. So that was something growing up I was into. Lately, I've been really into um, more ancient stuff, Roman. Um, and then I've also really enjoyed lately learning about just adventurers, world adventurers, you know, whether that's Hemingway. I don't really read Hemingway's fiction, but just learning about him as a guy um, touring the world. And I learned about um, Roosevelt going, you know, traveling around the world, just guys like that. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. Probably just Roman history and then just adventurers um, touring the world, you know, seeing what it has to offer. Nice. Good stuff. All right, Keegan. Well, I've got these six last questions, the pick six. Are you ready for them? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. First one is, are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any like pregame rituals or have to wear the same socks or anything like that? I wouldn't say that I'm superstitious per se. I would say that I like my routine um, and I try to keep it pretty similar. What, anything you'd like to share with us? Any, uh, um, anything specific, you know, I, whatever the schedule says, I usually stick to it. Just, I like to do exactly the same thing. Just, you know, when I stretch, when I get taped, when I do, when I, you know, when I put my clothes on, just like to do it at a similar time. I think it's more of just a routine thing. And then, you know, before games, you know, a lot of guys listen to rap or rock. I usually listen to podcasts like, something usually a comedy just to get my mind off of things um just to loosen up you know so i've been i've been into like shane gillis um theo vaughn was always a go-to for me those guys uh yeah so i just like to be loose before the game don't get all tense you know because really at the end of the day it's just it's just practice you know just work you can score burt kreischer has a really good pot the burt cast that's that's a good one too if you're looking is that that the one is that with Tom Segura? No, that's two bears, one cave, I think. Okay. But, okay. Uh, but that one, he, the one where it's just him is really good. Cause he has, you know, Shane Gillis, Theo Vaughn, all those guys on, and you know, they're all, all those comedians run in the same circles. So that's, I'm, I'm a it's big a podcast group. listener besides hosting this long before I did that. I've been a fan of listening to podcasts. So anyway, it's, yeah, yeah that's, that's funny. Ironic. All right. Second question of the pick six here. Uh, do you have a favorite sports movie? favorite sports movie you know i i'm not a huge sports movie guy especially football which is funny i just i don't like watching the actors um you know do athletic things i I just think it looks really fake you know so i I love war movies that's what i that's my thing and i like comedies um but in terms of you know sports movies I like that McFarland USA movie that came out a couple of years ago. I think it's um, football and cross country. I thought that was a good movie. You know, remember the Titans is a great movie. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. Yeah. Um, you know that Ford versus Ferrari. I know that's you know that's racing, um, but it's it's competitiveness. I, I like that one. Um, but yeah, just, I'm not a huge sports movie guy just because I feel like, especially football. You know, the quarterbacks always throw weird. The routes look bad. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my take on sports movies for the most part. 
Okay. All right. That's that's fair. I, I can get behind that. What uh, th- third question of the pick six? Pineapple on pizza. Is that a yay or a nay for you? I'm going to go with um, it's not my first choice, but I would definitely eat pineapple on pizza. Especially, I feel like that would be great if you're like on a beach, maybe in Hawaii or something like yeah. that. Okay. I could, I could go for that. <laughs> All right. Fourth question of the pick six. If uh, you had to pick an actor to play you in a movie, what actor would you pick? Wow. That's a good question. Um, hmm. You know, I could go with Tom Cruise because, you know, I'm not the tallest guy and he, I've heard he is kind of short. Um, that could be an option. Um, who else would I pick? I feel like I would have to pick someone that is blonde because I'm also blonde. Um, and would you make them grow a mustache for the role? Oh, that's a bonus. Oh question. yeah. Oh, I can go. I can grow a pretty good mustache. I, I yeah, you'd, you'd had one last year. You had a pretty good. I did. I did. Uh, you know, I always like. I really like Matthew McConaughey. Um, I think he'd be a good, good guy to play me, just because I like him as an actor. I don't know if he's like me. Okay. All right. Fifth question. I'm pulling an audible here. I had a different question, but I'm gonna I'm gonna substitute one on the fly. Uh, do you have a favorite book or series of books? yeah favorite book um i always have trouble with that one i I never know um one i've really liked and come back to multiple times is meditations by marcus aurelius um marcus aurelius was a roman emperor um a practice uh, he was practicing stoicism which is um, a branch of philosophy um mark meditations is actually his personal journal and so as as emperor you know Roman emperor, he was essentially, you know, king of the world, if you will. Um, he could do anything he wanted to, but he didn't because he understood right and wrong and the proper way of living. And so he, he kept this journal um, to hold himself accountable, reminders about little things, you know, keeping your temper under control, you know, not living too luxuriously like he could have. Um, there's a quote in there somewhere like that says, um, remember that you can live a good life even in a palace, which is ironic because obviously you can live an amazing life in a palace. Um, but that was his way of thinking was, you know, don't get corrupted by the luxury and just little things like that. Just, it's a collection of just reminders. Um, it's broken up into 12 chapters. And I think that it's a, it's a great way to keep yourself grounded. It's nothing that you have to read in order. You can flip through and I've read it through probably three times now and, and gone through it a couple other times i would say probably nice nice all right one last question it's a little more on the serious side of things uh all right you know as uh, you know at some point this season your your bearcat career is going to be over what do you want uh what do you want people to remember about about keegan sturdy um i would say that i'd like them to remember that i was a good teammate um and that i always worked hard and you know just carried myself with integrity because you know at the end of the day they're probably not going to remember statistics they're not going to remember you know wins and losses necessarily they might remember a great play you made somewhere in there but they're definitely going to remember who you were as a person so you know i try to remind myself that and you know have for the last couple of years just what's really important so you know i think that is what i'd like them to remember about me 
Good stuff. Well, Keegan, this has been one of the one of the most interesting interviews that I think I've done. We went a lot deeper than my goofy questions probably uh, <laughs> probably deserved for you to Perfect. get. But uh, but good stuff, man. Thank you so much, and best of luck to you and the guys uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Hey, this is Mike Peterson, former Northwest Missouri State University Bearcat, tight end number 89, and you're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Welcome back in here on Bleeding Green. It's time to get a view from the other press box, joined by voice of the University of Nebraska Kearney Lopers, Jason Jorgensen. Uh, Jason, man, thanks so much for coming on. It's uh, it's always nice to chat with you. Well, it's great to be on, and uh, I'm honored that you uh, chose to reach out and wanted me to be on your podcast again. So uh, where, where, where'd the regular season go? Boy, blink of an eye. I know. Here, here we are the last game. It's it's crazy, and uh, you know both of these teams obviously had postseason aspirations, and and here we are at a disappointment for both schools, and we certainly didn't think we'd be here when we'd be meeting up at the last game of the regular season. No, and uh, you know I was afraid it might go this way for the Lopers. I was hoping that it wouldn't. I know uh, Coach Held and his staff and the players. I think they knew it was going to be hard to get back where the Lopers had been with, with 10 wins and second round of the playoffs and eight wins last year with a couple very narrow, heartbreaking losses. One of those coming to Northwest Missouri, but it just never clicked for these guys this year. And there was that really tough stretch right down the middle of the year. Um, most of our tougher games were on the road, which certainly did not help. So yeah, uh, it's, it's funny. You got to work, yeah, work so hard for so long to get where you're at, and then in a blink of an eye, you can fall back to three wins, and that's where the Lopers are at heading into this one. Well, and it's been—I mean, you're—you're. You're, it seems like so close from, from looking at six and four, which again might be you know a disappointment from the last few seasons, but it makes this season probably look a whole lot different. A, a three-point loss the opening week at central Oklahoma you lose by five to Missouri Southern a, a field goal in the last play of the game against a heck of a Missouri Western team that just beat Pitt last week I mean you know that this team is seems like really close from the season having a different look and feel than it does and the crazy thing is they were that close with one of the worst offenses in the league I think that's the biggest thing going into this year if you'd have told anyone hey with T.J. Davis fully healthy, playing quarterback the entire year, that the that UNK is only going to average 19 points per game. Most people have said, no way, you, you couldn't you couldn't try that. There, even if you wanted to do that, that would not happen. But the defense, uh, our defense played pretty good football for most of the year, especially considering the first half of the year, they were on the field the whole time because the offense never could convert a, a third and short. But yeah, I mean, things never, ever came together for this team. But, but as you alluded to, they had three games that could have gone either way. And it just goes to show, and, I, and I've said this before, there is very, very little difference in this conference between being four and seven and seven and four. And, and this year with the way your games have gone, uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, well, what, what, you know, what has it been? I mean, obviously, you know, TJ's been healthy. Is it a situation of the players getting used to 
what Coach Held's trying to do or him getting used to the players. I mean, obviously, you knew in Carney that, you know, with Coach Lynn, you had something special, something unique. Um, is it just, you know, kind of a, a learning curve? I, I think so. And it, and it was a hard transition going from triple option football, which what was the basis of the rise and TJ Davis became a star in this league and an all American running triple option and to coach Held's credit, he came in and he wanted to blend what he wanted to do more of a passing offense with what they had done before. And it just never clicked. And, you know, I suppose if TJ had another year in this offense, I've, I've had some opposing coaches tell me they're like, we're glad he's not coming back for another year because if he'd have got another year in the system, then he would have certainly been a whole lot better quarterback. But a lot of turnovers, uh, he struggled to, to read coverages and where to throw the ball. Uh, that certainly uh, hurt. And then the offensive line was just a, a, a mishmash the entire year. They had guys hurt. They were moving defensive players over to – you know, the offensive line right before the, the UCO game, there's just no consistency. And, and the offense really never found an identity. I mean, it was third and four, third and five. There was not a play that they knew they could go to and pick that up. In previous years, they knew they could. That was option football or TJ on the perimeter or one of the quick passes over the middle. So they never really... They never really were able to find something that they were good at consistently against good people. And that had a lot to do with a lot of their struggles on offense. Well, it seems like last year, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, when when we chatted, which was, of course, earlier in the season when when the Bearcats uh, came out to Kearney. But it was a, a kind of looking for that running back. Who, who's the other you know guy in the backfield besides CJ? Obviously, different offense. But has that kind of been the thing, you know, looking looking statistically, it seems like that's maybe the thing that's been missing is another r- running threat besides TJ. Yeah, for a second straight year. Uh, there's no defined leader at that running back position. They tried to do it by committee with four different guys, and that didn't work. There weren't a lot of holes up front either, other than the game against Lincoln, and well, everybody's found holes against them this year. But that that is a very good point. Uh, they were not able to establish a running game. Now, they did have a couple of the transfers come in and play pretty well at wideout. Uh, Seb Foster, a Lincoln kid who was at McNeese State, he's ended up leading the team in receptions. He's a good receiver. I, I wish he was coming back. He he has really been good. Uh, transfer Cole Brown, who was at uh, Central Arkansas, he has come in and made some plays. He's got four touchdown catches on the year, but it just never would would mesh for these guys and you know there's one week they'd try to do this and then the next week they'd say okay we're going back we're going to try to run more option and power running game with tj and that didn't work and then the next game they so they've tried a lot of different things but it just has it's not worked and, and it has started up front uh this offensive line has given up a lot of sacks uh, TJ was running for his life in a lot of the games. And what was disappointing about it was that it wasn't that people were bringing blitzes against Fort Hay State. They consistently got home against our offensive line with just rushing four. And it's been a long time since we've seen that in Kearney. Well, talk about the defense. You mentioned, I mean, this top half defense in the league, it seems like the defense has really taken strides, especially as you mentioned, as as much as they've been out there. Um, how, how do you feel like the team has come on and and, uh, and defensively this season? 
they've not been as aggressive with the blitz packages as what I thought they would be because they had a slogan on a new defensive uh, coordinator, Tim Schaffner, chaos tempo. So I thought that meant we would see a lot of, you know, exotic lineups and they'd be coming from everywhere, but they decided not to do that. They were okay with kind of a bend, but don't break approach, which is something that coach Lynn kind of believed in. And that's kind of how UNK played uh, defense before where they've been really good is in the red zone. Once people would move inside the 20, 25 yard line, this defense has done a pretty good job of tightening up. Uh, one guy who's really thrived this year, and it's been great to see his senior Telspies, uh, a small town Nebraska kid. He played eight man football. His two brothers were, were starters and contributors here. So he is, he is the third and the, the last of the, the Spies brothers from Mullen. In the past, he was always a, a D end and our, our three man front, whereas we played more four-man front this year he has moved inside and had a really really nice season i'll be disappointed i can understand if he's not first team all conference he needs to be second team because he's had a great year we've had auburn the auburn transfer uh, joko willis at linebacker he has certainly had uh, his moments and for a secondary that when you started the year you thought maybe that was one of the the weak points they actually played pretty well if there's one spot where this defense could have been better they weren't always great at getting off the field on let's say third and seven third and eight they did allow a few too many of those uh, passes to be completed and those plays to be made against them in those uh, three tight games that they lost well, somebody else I want to ask you about, too. Young guy, redshirt freshman. He's from Kearney. You know, in Maryville, we like the Maryville kids. Parker Wise has seemed to be a guy who's kind of stood out at at uh, getting some playing time on defense. He has, and he's coming off a nice game. He redshirted last year. He was a really nice high school player for Kearney. Uh, I remember when Coach Lynn got him, He, I remember him telling me, he's like, that was a big get. He goes, Par- Parker Wise is going to end up being a – really good linebacker in this league and they brought him along slowly in this system he's played some inside he's played some on the outside uh, he had a couple of big plays last week against lincoln but yeah that that is a that is a good catch parker wise is one of the guys i think they'll try to build around going forward well let's talk about last week's game and i, I like to keep things positive here jason on the podcast <laughs> yeah. and so um you know it was so great a lot of <laughs> it was like of, old times right <laughs> right i mean tj 17 and 19 three touchdowns you can't be much more efficient than that he, he had season high 168 yards a couple more touchdowns on the ground um you know that uh and it was senior day a day you're honoring those seniors especially a guy like tj that's been around had had to be a pretty special day in in carney last saturday it was third play of the game. They run an option to the top side of the field, and he doesn't even get touched. He goes 57 yards for the score. It uh, broke the school record for career touchdowns, the 119th of his career. Yeah, against Lincoln, the offense, and granted it was against Lincoln, the offense, I think, looked like it was supposed to look. And TJ looked very, very comfortable never was rushed. Uh, He has not had a lot of long runs this year, which really surprised me. I thought with maybe an improved passing game that, you know, there'd be some holes there for him to take off and run, but he didn't, he didn't think about it on Saturday. He, when, when he saw an opening, he, he bolted and it was, like I said on the broadcast, it was vintage TJ Davis, and it was a great day for him to go out like that. Coach Hell did a pretty cool thing with about 10 minutes left after TJ had a run of about 15, 16 yards. He called a timeout and 
know, he, he stopped the game and brought TJ off the field and all of the folks that were there gave him a great ovation. Uh, I, I don't think you could have worked out a plan, uh, a better final game for, for TJ Davis, because there's, there's no rise. There's, there's no ascension to the playoffs. There's, there's no UNK being the mix in the top of this tough league. If, if it hadn't been for TJ Davis, who really, when they recruited him, they didn't know what, what they had, uh, his high school did not have huddles, so they got his highlights on a jump drive and really lucked into <laughs> to a guy who turned out to be an awesome player and eventually a, a Hall of Famer here at UNK. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, we'll talk about a guy like Sean Johnson Jr. I mean, he's he's a youngster. We saw him, you know, in, in some moments last year in some games. He came in and and had some success running a little bit, throwing the football on Saturday. What's the future? I mean, he seemingly is is kind of the guy, the future. Um, you know, barring any, uh, you know, recruits, transfers, anything like that. I mean, what? How do how do the coaching staff and, and folks feel about him as as the next guy? You know they've tried to give him give him a, a few more opportunities as the season has gone on. When the year he's a great athlete. I mean he could he could easily play a receiver in this system or uh, another system. When the year started, they wanted to have him and TJ out on the field a lot together. And and other than maybe a game or two, that's not really uh, developed. So that has uh, surprised me a little bit. He's had his moments, especially as a runner. He had a really nice game against Missouri Western when uh, they did play him and TJ out on the field a lot. So much like TJ, still some struggles with picking up this system, knowing where to go with the ball. He certainly has a good enough arm and he's not much slower than TJ Davis when it comes to throwing the ball. I do think the the future moving forward for this program is we are going to see less option, less quarterback running, and more spread stuff or up-tempo stuff that kind of seems to be the hot offense now, especially with what Josh Lamberson was able to do there at Central Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well. so what, I mean, you kind of answered this a little bit, but I mean, what are the, you know, going into next season, we'll talk about this weekend's game in just a minute, but but kind of going into next season and going into this off season, what are the big question marks that you see around um, that, that fans want to see answered uh, in the off season? Well, I think if they're going to run a different system, they're going to have to go find at least another quarterback. Uh, they think they do have a, a freshman who they are redshirting from Nebraska. Schulting is his last name. Uh, Coach Hill thinks a lot of him. In fact, uh, they have talked about maybe trying to find him a series or two in some of these last games. Of course, it doesn't count against players if they don't play more than three games. That has not happened to this point. But I do think that they're, they're in the market for a transfer quarterback. Uh, they've got to get much better along the offensive line. Uh, they probably got to go out and find a couple more receivers. And then on the defensive end, uh, you know, they, they need more cornerbacks. They, they will lose trail Gwynn, who's been a pretty good safety for us the last couple of years. And uh, they, they got some holes to fill especially on offense, but the, the biggest two would be offensive line and quarterback. Well, let's talk about this weekend's game. Obviously, you know, kind of where we started is it's been, you know, the season's been a bit of a disappointment for both of these teams. Um, you know, as as you look at this game, um, you know, and I think I still think both of these teams are are dangerous in their own right. What what do you look at as kind of the keys for the Lopers on Saturday? Well, hopefully it goes better than the last time we were there because that was not a great day to be a loper there in Maryville. I think the, the, the biggest key for me is can UNK hang in there and, and stop your running game, which has been just 
impressive, impressive at times. And does UNK take any of that momentum, all, albeit maybe false momentum with how they played against Lincoln, and can they use any of that as, as a springboard to get up to a decent start and, and to make this uh, a football game? Uh, every, everybody I, I've talked to up here figures, you know, we're, we're running into a Bearcat squad that's and some seniors that are pretty upset with how this season is uh, gone and, you know, looking to take maybe some frustrations out against the Lopers. Yeah, well, possibly so. Yeah, I think that's probably the feeling for sure. Well, Jason, uh, as always, appreciate it. Hopefully it's a, a beautiful day. I think we're at this point in the week looking at maybe close to 60 degrees. No rain in the forecast, so we'll keep our fingers crossed. We know it'll be windy in Maryville, but uh, wish you a great call, and, and thanks, as always, for uh, for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Well, well, you bet. I appreciate you giving me a call, and, uh, you know, Maryville is one of the best places as, as you know, the opposition to come in and, and call a game because it's done first rate. It's I've been impressed every time I have been there, and it's it's a wonderful spot to call a game. Uh, if it, it might not be at the top big time at Division One, but but you can certainly see it from Maryville, and that's that's pretty cool. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. Welcome back here on Bleeding Green. It's time to talk Bearcat football with the voice of the Bearcats on the Bearcat Radio Network, John Coffey. And uh, John, as always, man, appreciate you uh, uh, coming on. And I'm sure you're happy to be in the confines of Bearcat Stadium last week after that long hike uh, down in Tahlequah to get to the press box. <laughs> it's always good good to get the uh, Tahlequah uh, trip out of the way. It's uh, uh, quite a ways up there uh, from the ground level to get up to the press box, and then you open up the door and you've got two more flights of stairs to go once you get up there. So, uh, but overall, I'm in good shape. So, made it work. So, it, it is what it is. But uh, I imagine some that are in the uh, have a little uh, health issues or something. It's a little tougher to get up there, but overall it was uh, good to get to Tahlequah and good to get back home. Yeah. And I mean, Hey, heck of a, heck of a win for the Bearcats, uh, 52, nothing. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can, uh, you can say other than, uh, other than positive stuff, Mikey Hoensey, I guess we kind of got to start there. I mean, of course the defense, but Mikey Hoensey, you know, tied school record with six touchdowns, one of only three guys in school history with 300 yards and six touchdowns. I think we had to start there. What a heck of a game uh, by Mikey going out with a bang for sure. These last few games. Yeah, he was locked in and uh, that was good to see. And also good to see that the receivers were uh, doing a lot of nice things out there too. Cause uh, you look at uh, Trevon Alexander in particular, he was just uh, hammered on one play. And then a couple of plays later came back, got a touchdown pass. So uh, again, he, the job he's done in the last few weeks too, he's made some outstanding catches. So I don't think I'm not being said about what Trevon's been able to do. And of course, yeah, they distributed around to a lot of different receivers who had a lot of success on uh, Saturday as well. But uh, again, uh, Mike was uh, uh, good. The offensive line gave him a lot of time to find the receivers downfield and just turned into a very good game all the way around. 
Well, it's always fun, you know, in games like this too, you get to see guy, you know, like the, you look at the Lincoln game, right? We saw so many guys score their first Bearcat touchdowns. This one, you look at a, at a guy like Zach Adkins, a redshirt freshman tight end, who's definitely got more playing time um, these last couple of weeks. And uh, even a guy like Peyton Carter, who was, who was out on the field a lot last year, um, but boy, you know, he gets his first hundred career hundred yard game. I believe it was his first career touchdown as well for the Bearcats. Uh, you know, Dom Myers late in the game with his his first career uh, Bearcat touchdown. It's exciting to see things like that from guys. Um, you know, when they can they can shine given the opportunity. Yeah, I think the future is very good for all those guys and Atkins in particular. He's been fun to watch. He made some very good athletic moves and one in particular to get that touchdown on uh, Saturday as well. I think we'll see a lot of good things out of him in the coming year as well. And uh, like I say, Dominic Myers, he's a lot of fun to watch. He's uh, kind of a speedy guy out there that I think fans are going to enjoy. So uh, it was good to see what he did. Well, and, you know, then we, of course, talk about Jay Harris. He's he's 10 for 10 now in 100-yard games this season. It took him uh, 24 carries to do it. But, um, you know, boy, he is just – it's been pretty amazing to see what he's done this season. It really has been. He takes advantage of the holes that have been given him, and also he's just a tough guy to bring down. The first one to make a hit on him, most likely he's not going to get credit for a tackle because he's able to bounce off of the first hit or two. And uh, and then when he gets outside, he's showing a lot of speed that I think a lot of people uh, outside of the Bearcat program didn't know he actually had, but he, especially that Central Oklahoma game, he showed what he can do when he can get out in the open territory. So he's been a lot of fun to watch, and I think, uh, again, he's been – uh, showing uh, some great progress this year as a sophomore and some good things are ahead for him as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you talk about that speed, that's interesting because that's why I thought the Central Oklahoma game, it doesn't look like he's running that fast, but then all of a sudden he's running away from guys. He just has such a long, he's just such a big guy, he has such a long stride that he's, I think he's deceptively fast. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, boy, he can uh, uh, take a hit to uh, <laughs> there's been some shots and they just can't bring him down. So he, he's been a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. Well, hey, we got we got to talk about defense, a shutout, which is spectacular. And, uh, you know, the so many guys played pretty well. You got to talk about Clayton Power, you know, a young guy who was, uh, you know, kind of maybe wasn't necessarily slated to be a starter at the beginning of the season, got more playing time because of some injuries. I mean, he's made um, a starting spot his absolutely. And, uh, you know, he had three tackles for loss, a sack, a fumble recovery. He even broke up a pass. I mean, there's a lot of guys that, that played really well, but he's a guy that's, I think, really shown as the season's gone along. Yeah, and just the more playing time he gets, the better he gets as well. He's just really coming along, uh, again, just a sophomore. And so I think uh, we're going to see a lot of good things from him. And he's really been a mainstay along that defensive line the last month or so and just making big play after big play. And it's been fun to watch him as well. Well, absolutely. And it's nice at a game like this, too, you know, where you can get so many guys in and playing. Um, you know, we, we see a guy like a Langdon Kitchen, a true freshman, uh, number 94. Well, gee, the last time a true freshman, number 94, played was Zach Howard. He gets, you know, a tackle for loss. And and especially the linebacker position, boy, a lot of guys rotating in. It's been great to see Carter Olson kind of shine. It's, it's unfortunate that Isaac is out and unable to play. But, um, you know, to have a young guy come in, I mean, you look all over this team you talked about exciting for the future um in in offensively but heck defensively so many guys get to rotate in and they're young and 
And, uh, you know, we still got a game left. I don't want to take that for granted, but boy, it, it, uh, you know, I think the future boy is real bright for this team. Oh, no doubt about that. And Carter Olson, he's just another one of the long line of uh, linebackers that come in and just love to play the game of football. Uh, it really reminds you of a Volstead out there and what he's able to do and just the joy he has playing the game uh, from uh, Pleasant Hill, uh, Iowa. And he just really come on and taking advantage of getting uh, uh, the playing time, uh, unfortunately, as you mentioned, due to uh, Isaac's uh, injury. But he stepped up. And uh, he has uh, one of the opportunities there. He's proven that he's going to be a guy that they can really rely on in the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we got a big game. We got senior day. Of course, that's always a special day. Got ag day rolled into it as well. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's special. And, and you know, we, we talk about legacy. You know, Coach, Coach Wright always likes to talk about kind of, uh, you know, leaving your legacy. And I know these seniors are going to be disappointed that they're not, uh, you know, they're not playing in the playoffs this season, obviously. But you look at what the senior class has done. Boy, they've sure won a lot of games and had a lot of success regular season and, and in the postseason as well. Um, how do you kind of look at that and, and, and look at this senior class? Well, I think one of the things you have to look at in this year in particular, there's obviously a, a point in the season where you knew that things weren't going to turn out like they would want as far as getting into the playoffs. But they've been uh, leading the, the young guys to a point for, to where I think uh, the success of this uh, team with the younger players will have in the next couple of years is going to be directly related to the leadership that we're seeing from a Michael NC this year or from on the defensive side, even though he hasn't been able to play the last uh, a uh, few games, Isaac Volstead and what he's doing on the sidelines to help lead this team. Uh, you look at a lot of those guys that uh, uh, they're just uh, showing what it takes to be a good college football player. And they're going out uh, with a win here if they can pull it off on uh, Saturday against uh, Nebraska Kearney, finishing at 7-4, and four, uh, winning the last three games against uh, uh, some game opponents that they should win. But they just uh, found a way to try to turn the last part of the season into a positive, even though it was obvious that they weren't going to be making the playoffs, but they wanted to uh, make their legacy. And I think it's going to live on for the, the younger guys and just showing what it takes to uh, be, uh, a, be a college football player and what they need to do to be leaders. So I think that's going to be the, lo- the biggest thing that will come out of this group. Well, and, you know, it seems like this team, too, I mean, is, is easy to get down, you know, after that pit game, I think everybody was was kind of down, but it, it's been nice to see them out there, too, having some fun. You know, you talk about winning games that they should absolutely, but it seems like guys are, are definitely enjoying themselves more these last few games. Well, I, I think so, but uh, again, I think the big thing is they see saw this as three games that they needed to win to pull off a, a mining season and that they've been able to do that. Uh, a lot of uh, programs at seven and four would uh, hang their cleats up at the end of the year and say, this has been a good year. And unfortunately for Northwest, the expectations are a little higher from a year to year, uh, 18 years, as a matter of fact, getting into the playoffs, but uh, uh, still like, they accomplished a lot this year. And there's a lot of things that uh, they, they can be proud of about what they did this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think sometimes we don't celebrate those things enough. I know definitely, as a fan base, right? We're so very spoiled, you know, these last heck 30 years or so, but, uh, and heck you've seen a lot of Bearcat football, John, but, um, you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, sometimes it's nice to, to, you know, we forget to kind of stop and smell the roses sometimes. And, and, uh, it's kind of a good reminder, I think for all of us to maybe enjoy the wins a little bit more. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think it's important to remember that uh, uh, it's not like uh, where the Harlem Globetrotters and we line up against the Washington Generals game after game after game. It's uh, the other team's trying to win, too. And they've been doing a lot of things that the other programs that uh, have brought themselves up to the level that Northwest Missouri State has had for a long time. So uh, it's uh, again, it's not easy to win in college football at the Division II level. Northwest Missouri State's kind of set the standard for what you take to uh, be a, a, an elite program, and uh, I have no doubt that Northwest will be back in the playoffs next year, and there are a lot of positive things ahead for this program. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Well, big game on Saturday against Nebraska Kearney. Talk about disappointing seasons. They're certainly not where they probably thought they'd be, or the, the rest of us, if you look at the preseason polls, probably thought they would be, although it is a bit of a transition year, but heck, when you got a guy like TJ Davis, you know, you think, you know, this this team, though, I think is still, a, still kind of a dangerous team and not one the Bearcats can overlook. Of these last three games, I think Carney's the one that probably poses the most threat. When, when you when you look at this team and, and and this game, what do you kind of look at as the as the keys for victory for the Bearcats on Saturday? Well, I think it's just uh, pretty much every game. Uh, if they just uh, go out and. Uh, continue to play the type of football they played the last uh, couple, three games, uh, limit the turnovers, uh, force some turnovers from Nebraska Kearney, and uh, uh, kind of go from there. Uh, Nebraska Kearney is a team that uh, record-wise, uh, standing at 3-7 and seven coming in, I think even with a, a new coaching staff coming in that they thought uh, it would be a little bit better, but they've struggled in some key areas. Uh, you look right now on offense, they're 10th in the scoring, 8th uh, in the rushing, also uh, 10th in uh, passing and uh, total yards at 10th as well. So an offense that in the past has been uh, pretty tough to stop, not quite so much this year. And I think some of that might be that uh, T.J. Davis is such a running threat. Uh, from uh, what I've been able to tell, they've kind of tried to make him more of a, a drop-back type of conventional uh, quarterback and passer. And I don't know if that has gone as well as uh, they had hoped. But, uh, uh, again, they do have some uh, people you have to be concerned about. And uh, I think Northwest will have to play well to win. But I think it's a very capable if they just continue to play the type of football they played here the last couple, three weeks. That, uh, again, some good things will happen on Saturday. Well, and if you think about the last time that Carney came to town, that was a pretty fun game. Oh, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they had a pretty good homecoming afternoon, I believe. Yes, absolutely. Well, John, as always, buddy, I appreciate you and uh, wish you a good call on Saturday and encourage anybody not going to the game to to check you out on the uh, public media app for uh, the Bearcat Radio Network. All right. Yeah, a very simple process to download that app, and you can uh, either sync us up with the video if we're on the road, or, or uh, again, just tune in, not only there, but tune in on KXCV or our affiliate and Cameron at KKWK and uh, follow the Bearcats. Hey, this is Tony Miles down here in Waco, Texas, listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniels. Hey, if you're not listening to Bleeding Green, you're not listening to anything. And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Time for, you know, the Bearcats, according to Eli. Eli, buddy, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing. Well, how exciting. <laughs> oh, well, one last game, my friend. Yep. Seems like a. it's been a while since we've been to a Bearcat game. Yeah, it has. Two weeks. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. 
I know. Well, I mean, three technically three. We missed the last two weeks, and that pit game was not a fun game. Yeah. But boy, the Bearcats played pretty well the last couple of weeks. So yeah, looking good against Carney. We'll get to our predictions in a minute, but oh, one thing. And I will put something out, but we we want your questions for next week. Want to do a Q and A for uh, send your questions and for Eli, I guess, or myself, but specifically Eli. Yes, me, not for Dad. For yeah, me, nobody cares what I have to say. Yeah, nobody cares what you have to say. Yeah, just you. I you want questions. <laughs> no, nobody else cares. What's your favorite food? Chicken not- tenders. Yeah, but hey, <laughs> I'm not ranch. supposed to. I'm not supposed to answer that, okay? Why? Stop. What if that's someone's question? Won't be now. Now they'll have to think of a different question. If they can't think of a better question than that, what are we even doing here? I don't know. That's probably the first question I would have thought of. What's your favorite food? Hmm. What's your favorite tailgate food? That would be a better question. Do chips count? I mean, that isn't what I was thinking. My favorite tailgate food is all the sweets. Mm-hmm. Like cookies. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see. Maybe we'll get a, get a little tailgating in. We're taking the... I think the family's coming up to the game on Saturday, so that'll be fun. Your brother's coming... Or family's maybe coming to tailgate. I know your brother is coming with us to the game since his football season's over, so... Yeah. Are you mad that you have to share? No, not really. What do I have to share? I don't know. My me, the Bearcats. I don't know. Your fame. No, your your fame is yours. You don't have to share that with anybody. Max will never get as famous as me. I think her t-shirts are going to be here Saturday, so oh, that's yeah. kind of fun. Then we can wear them to the game, or will they mm-hmm. be there while we're not home? No, they will. we'll get them at the game. So I will do my best if if you're listening to this and I haven't reached out to you, reach out to me because I will be doing that over the next couple of days as well to get with you if you're going to be at the game to get shirts and all of that stuff. That's the first batch. There's a second order that if you would like to buy t-shirts, well, I'll tell you about the end. But Well, we're going to get to these predictions. What else are we doing? Yeah, we are. Yeah, you're just trying to delay because you went three and three last week. Be quiet. You picked a couple upsets, but you didn't pick Mo West over Pitt. That's the upset you should have went with. Well, I didn't expect them to win. You expected Southern to beat Emporia? No. Well, let's go. You Nebraska Kearney beats Lincoln. Big shocker there. 38 to six. I picked 42 to 10. I was pretty close. And I'm going to brag about my Bearcat score here in a minute. Central Missouri beats Hayes, 47-28. I was 48-21. That's pretty close. You had 36-28. So we were uh, we were both close with that one. Emporia spanked Southern, 63-28. Neither one of us had it that close. You had Southern winning that one. But you had to take some chances, I get that, to try to catch up in and the pick And now four behind. So yep. now I have to choose now it's, only two games the same. Now it's all, now it's all over. Missouri Western, great game. Against Pitt, You've I mean, unless you're, before. unless you're not rooting for Missouri Western, but it was a good football game regardless. Um, Thirty-one thirty win there. We both, of course, picked Pitt. 
You went with Washburn over UCO, and UCO beat Washburn 41-7. to Ouch. Washburn did not repay your faith, Eli. I thought it would be a close game. I had 37-34 UCO, so I thought it was going to be a close game, and I was very wrong. And the Bearcats, 52-0. And guess who picked 52-0? That's right, yours truly. I think that's the first one, maybe in the history of the Pick'em, where we nailed the score exactly. Where you nailed the score? I've nailed the score. I've nailed one score multiple times. I can never nail the other. It's just one. I I mean the complete score of the game. Yeah, you can pick. Good we, job. We both Blade picked Hayes scoring thirty four points last week, so that we got that. But uh, way to go, Dad. Good yep. job. Well, hey, as much smack as you talk on here. I'm you definitely suck. expecting a little bit of credit. Well, that's pretty good, especially picking the shutout. Now, Northeastern in ten games has been shut out five times, so that wasn't it. wasn't like I was really going out on a limb, but I think that's the first time in the pick 'em in the forum that anybody's nailed a score this year. So, I'm I'm gonna wear that badge of honor and gonna brag about it as long as I can. What else do I have to brag about, Eli? So after the end of this. Uh, no more bragging. Well, actually, after a Saturday, no more bragging because you'll probably, when you talk to people, you'll probably. Yeah, that's the first it. thing I say. Someone comes up and introduces me, I will just say 52 to nothing. And that's it. And they'll be really <laughs> confused and you'll just walk away. Everyone's really confused. And after just leave me with me. a stranger. Yep. Especially. Father me. of the year. <laughs> You're going to prison. So three and three for me for for you five and one for me, and I got a four game lead on Mr. Eli going into the final week of the MIAA and the Bearcat football season. Are you kind of sad that the season's almost over? Yeah, uh, but I'm even more sad that I didn't beat you in the pick'em. I mean, I guess you could go all upsets this week. You could go. You could go Lincoln over Central Missouri. I have faith. No, <laughs> that, Somebody needs to buy you a Lincoln the shirt. Game. It's that in the Bearcat game that I'll have to choose Northeastern over somebody. Well, they do play Washburn. I mean, they both have one win. So. Oh my gosh! All right. So you ready? You ready for this? Do you want to hear my picks first? Yeah. So you yeah. can just pick differently yeah. than me? Yeah, I don't want to hear your score, just what team you chose. Then okay. you can say your score after I say what team okay. I choose. Yeah. Central Missouri at Lincoln. Central Missouri already clinched since Lincoln's a non-conference opponent. Central. Clinched a share Central. of the MIAA championship with Central. Western's win over Pitt. Central, 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 Central. What's your score, buddy? Central. There's my score. <laughs> wow, great score. Okay, so they're against Lincoln? Mm-hmm. Oh, huge shutout. Oh, mama. Didn't they score 77 against Emporia? Uh, yeah, I think so. I doubt they score 77 again. But instead of scoring 77, <laughs> they score 84. Wow, okay. 84 to what? They'll definitely score 17. 84-17. I don't know if the starters will stay in. They've clinched the clinched the conference. We'll see. I mean, I'm going to go 72-13 UCM. So, Emporia's at Hayes. Could be a good game. I'm going Emporia in this game. Even though they're on the road. 
and their oh. defense isn't great. Hayes. Oh, yes. So you're going to go with Hayes? Yeah, I got to. Very close, well, though. You know what I mean? If if you would have... 24-21. If you would have hung... Uh, if you would have stuck with it, you could have only... We could have only been a couple of games different. And now, you know, we could be like eight games different. You could We could have had the closest season yet in the pick'em. Screw but, it. We're never going to remember the end of how I fell off. Okay. Well, I'm going 41-26 Emporia over Hayes. Northeastern is at Washburn. I'm picking Washburn. Who knows after that disappointments last week. I don't think, I don't know. Northeastern has trouble scoring. Washburn has a horrible defense. So, all right, you're going Northeastern, huh? You didn't even pick them against Lincoln. It's very ironic that you're picking them against Washburn. I love it. Me too. I love it just as much as you. Has Washburn played Lincoln? Yeah, that's their one win. That's Northeastern's one win and Washburn's one win. Oh, yeah. But Washburn beat Lincoln by way more. Nah, I think it was 24 to 10. But it had a weather delay and it was all kinds of... Anyway, it was crazy. It doesn't matter, Dad. Be quiet. Shut your mouth. Easy there, pal. Sorry. Uh, 10 to 14. 14 to 10 Northeastern. Ooh, a defensive battle. I don't... Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go 31-21 Washburn. It's at home. It's senior day. You're screwed. If I can at least go up two, and if I choose to last two the same, I'll still go two scores behind you. I'll go two games. UCO is at Pitt. Okay, I'm not taking this risk. That's just stupid. Why would I pick UCO Pitt? I mean, okay. All right. What's your score then? 49 to drumroll, please. That's the saddest drum roll I've ever heard in my life. Sad? That was not sad. To 28. I don't know how they'd score 28. I don't I think UCO is going to score that against Pitt's defense. I could be wrong. I've been wrong a lot this season. That's oh, why I'm yeah, right. You will. That's why I'm riding that 42 no- or 52 nothing. I can't even get it right now. I'm going to say 35 10 Pitt over UCO. All right. Missouri Western at Missouri Southern. Now, do you want to know my pick? Yeah. Mo West. I'm picked Missouri Southern. So, I mean, this, I'm kind of giving you one here. Yes, thank you, Mo West. This, I could lead. Never mind. I could go down by one. I could end the season by one. Or I could get one of those one wrong and the other two right. And I could go and I could end up two scores. I can come back. I can go by. T- I can go back by two or by one. Okay, what's your score? What a clutch. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to breathe on the mic. Sorry. Ah, you do it a lot. I'm used to it. Okay. Okie dokie, smokey. 42. Mm-hmm. Oops, I'm, 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 I'm actually sorry. I'll stop. 42? 14. Wow, blowout. We'll see. This isn't the same Mo West team as in years past, but it would be the most Mo West thing ever to throw away a playoff opportunity by losing to Missouri Southern. It has happened before. It was a long time ago under Jerry Partridge. I don't know the exact year. Probably 
I don't know, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. I don't know, maybe it was before that. So I'm going Southern 28, Western 27. I also needed to pick a pick up a game in the pick them in the forum, and I just wanted to antagonize Tommy Rezach, voice of the Griffins. So because it's fun. And that's why. You like being mean. And uh, if I'm right, it'll be epic. Probably not. Western probably wins this game easily, but we'll see. All right. Bearcats and Lopers. Senior day. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Senior day at Bearcat Stadium. I choose Mo West. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe I shouldn't ask you for your pick. How many touchdowns is Trayvon Alexander going to have? He's going to get two again, and he's going to get it to double digits. I tell you what, Eli, ever since you've named him your favorite player, he's just been going off. Yeah, it's totally me choosing him. That's totally mm-hmm. why he scores it. Just keeps scoring touchdowns. touchdowns. so awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I Also, the Lopers Favorite offensive great. player, I should say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe he'll hit 11, two double digits, or he'll match my age and get 12. I doubt he gets four touchdowns because I... Never seen one receiver get four touchdowns in a game. And the game that I've ever been to, I've never been to. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I know Jake Soy did. I think he caught five maybe one time. But Would that was crazy. a little bit before your time. Anyway, he'll get two. And, yeah, he'll get two and go into double digits. Okay. What's your score for the Cats? Also, yeah, I've been paying attention to uh, scores throughout the season. How much are the cats winning by? Did you just turn into a gremlin? <laughs> you don't get that reference, but uh, 42, 42, that was for everyone else. 42. 42. For everyone else who doesn't really care, Dad, 20. Missed an extra field goal because... Yeah, if they're still listening, they care. Or they only have themselves to blame. 42-20. I'm going to go 35-20. Wow. Bearcats over the Lopers. Wow. Wow. No, I'm joking. <laughs> so, all Anything right. Anything else you want to say? You want to talk about? Are you about? ready? Are you ready to do your thing here? Are you You're sure you don't f- want to talk about anything else? Is there something I'm supposed to talk about? Are you sure you don't want to talk about anything else? I'm... (laughs) My sign? (laughs) Yeah, you said you were going to talk about it last time, but you forgot. Yeah, no, I did when I changed the color of the sign to red. I talked about it after our segment was over. When I I messed with you. Yeah, but you didn't talk about it on here. You said you were going to talk about it on here. No, I... I meant on the podcast, not necessarily in our segment a week later. Oh. Okay, then. Whatever. Whatever. I see how it is. Flashback to the 90s there. Anyway. Yeah, because I was alive back in the 90s. (laughs) Take us home, Eli. I remember when my teacher used to beat me with a ruler. (coughs) Sorry, that's too far back. Beat you with a ruler. No, that was like your your grandparents. (laughs) That was prior to my time. I'd never had a teacher beat me with a ruler. Sure. I had probably teachers want to beat me with a ruler. <laughs> I want to beat you with a ruler. Anyway. 
Easy, man. So aggressive. Come on, it makes this thing more entertaining. <laughs> it's competition. Some people are going to think you're serious. No, don't worry. I'm not serious. I wouldn't hurt my dad. Only he would hurt me. <laughs> no, wait. Is now people evil? are going to think that's serious. And no, 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 no. Don't call the cops. I'm fine. I swear. <laughs> Help me. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Great. Uh, we'll see if this makes the cut. Probably not. Okay. Uh, the Bearcats are not yellow. They're not purple. They're not teal. They're not... Wait, wait. They're not peach red. They're not great purple. They're not lemon pink. Wait, lemons aren't pink. I mean, uh, they're not watermelon seed black. They're not. Uh, they're not purple. Wait, I already said that. They're green. Also, wait, they're not blue or red either. Did I say red? Whatever. Uh, they're green. And there he is. There you go, Mr. Eli and the Bearcats. According to Eli, once again here on Bleeding Green. Thanks so much for tuning in as we get ready to wind things down again with at least one more episode of the podcast coming up next week. I, I haven't decided if we're going to string it out into two. I think I'd like to talk some playoff football and things, even though I know maybe it's a sore subject since we're not in the playoffs. But um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll play it by ear. Just tune in next week. You're at least getting one more episode. And uh, in fact, you know, I'm I'm planning some big things. Um, more big guests for the off season and including I've already recorded one of the episodes that you probably won't hear until February of uh, of a bear cat. I'm not going to tell you, but uh, we'll see. So anyway, you at least get one more episode after this week of uh, the bleeding green here in 2023. Hopefully the bear cats can end the season on a positive note, finish seven and four. That sounds a whole heck of a lot better than six and five. Uh, I don't know about you. And uh, we'll see. So anyway, again, would encourage you to get out to the game. If you can make the trip up to Maryville, we'll see how the weather holds out. It looks like at least, you know, it'll be windy, but no rain, uh, maybe 55, 60, somewhere in that neighborhood. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for some nice weather. If you can't, would encourage you to listen to the game on the Bearcat Radio Network. Just download the public media app and uh, and there you go. Support, uh, support John and Matt and all the folks that put in a lot of hard work and, uh, and do a great job. And very dependable. If nothing else, you know, the Bearcat Radio Network has got you covered. So uh, there's lots of different ways to support the podcast. You know, I talk about it. I'm, we're, uh, uh, I'll be putting together a second t-shirt order at, at some point here. Um, if, if you would like to do that, um, you know, just uh, find, find a picture on social media of you can go in the timelines, whether it's uh, underscore bleeding underscore green on Twitter or bleeding green podcast, the Facebook group. There's pictures of those shirts. There's more information. Venmo is uh, at Bleeding Green Podcast. You can also make a donation if you feel so inclined. If you would like to do that, would certainly appreciate uh, appreciate that. Help offset the uh, costs of the podcast. A lot of people have so far. Definitely appreciate those. Thank you so much. And again, you know, like, subscribe, you know, all of that good stuff, right? All of it helps this thing grow. And, uh, you know, puts it on more people's feeds, that sort of thing. Any Anything you can share. Um, and, hey, I mean, word of mouth. Any, anybody, uh, you know, that you know that's a Bearcat fan. Um, and, and there's, you know, a huge backlog of episodes as well. Lots in the archives 
as they say. Um, and you can also direct people to the website, bleedinggreenpodcast.com. And, uh, and, you know, as, um, you know, I would like to do some more things there, but we'll just see. We'll just kind of play that by ear, see how it goes. You know, the, the podcast has continued to grow, continued to exceed my expectations, and that's in large part, um, really all of the credit goes to you. So thank you so much, if, whether you're someone that's a dedicated listener every single week or, or you just decided to listen this week for the very first time. It doesn't matter. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being a part of this, uh, being a part of this journey with me. And Hey, if you're up in Maryville on Saturday at the game and you see myself and Eli and, and, uh, my oldest son, Max, he's, I got to look up at him. He's taller than me. Say hi to us. We would definitely, uh, appreciate that. And that's going to do it for another edition of bleeding green beers, burgers, and Bearcat football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. Don't forget, be kind because kindness makes a difference. It does. And just do it. It's good for you anyway, right? As we're, as we're getting into the holiday season, um, a little bit of kindness can definitely go a long way. And maybe you can make someone else's day better. And I think that's definitely something we should all aspire to. And, and as I say that, I'm saying it to myself as, as much as I am to you. And of course, as always, and no matter what, go Bearcats! Bearcats! <laughs>